I've had the opportunity to do small group with these two guys. Uh, I've seen their hearts. I've, I've, I have felt free. It's a safe place. I have felt free uh, to tell them all my greatest joys. I'm also free to tell them, tell them my greatest heartaches and, 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 the, and the greatest grief in my life. And everywhere in, in between. Oh, that's a wonderful, wonderful thing to be able to do. And, and as we gather as men, find those safe places. Find those places where, uh, where you can confess your sin. I'm, I'm able to confess my sin before these guys. And there's not one guy that's going to throw a stone at me. And when I'm able to do that and humble myself to do that, it brings healing. Uh, no doubt Denny prayed diligently and, and, and long and hard, declaring his dependence upon God. Lord, give me the words to say. And Denny, I want you to come and, and share what's on your heart. We have so much in common. Uh, we did the Vietnam thing. We did the dog thing. We did the fishing thing. Uh, we done it all, over, bro. Yes, we have, bro. No doubt. And Ernest says, I'm going to cry before I get done. I said, I'm going to fight it off. He said, you can't fight it off. I'll, I'll tell you a little story before I get started. Pop told me, and I do, I get emotional. Uh, Pop told me, an old lady told him years ago, said, if your face don't leak, son, your head will swell. <laughs> and and I, I found that to be true, didn't we, Pop? Uh, but I am Denny Biggs, and some of the people may know, some of my people right here, Gene Biggs, uh, Wade Biggs, and all of that crowd. Uh, but tonight, uh, I'm going to share some... Uh, Stuff is dear to my heart. I started in 69. We had lived in Virginia for... Daddy, moved, Daddy and Mama moved there and when I was about three or four years old. Um, we lived there because there was work. Daddy was a bricklayer. There wasn't no work in Crestle. So they moved to uh, Virginia. Stayed till I was about 17. And thank God I don't live there no more. <laughs> I, I'll tell you that. Uh, moved here, had uh, been seeing a girl. We'd come about every two or three weeks to Crestle to see my mom's mom and dad because they were getting some age on them and she would come down and stay with them. And me and this young lady fell in love. Well, I thought we was in love anyway. I felt like we was in love. And uh, graduated in 1969. Uh, both of us in the same class. Uh, I knew I loved her and I felt like she loved me. But anyway, when we got out of high school, 
we, uh, I give her a ring and, and she accepted it. You know, sometimes she probably wished she hadn't of, but, but she did. And we had planned our life, just like many of you had planned our life. Uh, we were, she was gonna go to school, I was gonna be a bricklayer, one day have my own business, uh, have a family, build us a house, and all of that stuff never come to pass. I got a letter, just like, you know, a lot of people did back then in, in 60s when Vietnam was wide open. I had been drafted. I said, good Lord, now how can this happen? Now here we done got our life planned, and now I'm gonna be gone. Was scared? Were you scared, Pop? Uh -huh. Yeah, we were scared. I was scared. Eight weeks basic training. Didn't like it. I didn't like to be told what to do, and they told me what to do. <laughs> I'm telling you, in a rough way, if you didn't do it. Left there after eight weeks, Fort Sill, Oklahoma. I was in field artillery. Thank God I didn't have to be a grunt. The grunt was the man that done all the work. I got my orders after I left Fort Sill. No doubt in my mind where I was going. Vietnam. Stayed home two weeks. Got on an airplane. Going to Vietnam. I had been to church my whole life. Mom and Daddy made me go to church. When we lived in Virginia, Park Shores Baptist Church, Independent Baptist, every day I went to church. I knew about Jesus Christ. I knew about the cross. But I didn't know Jesus. I was lost. And you're right, Ernie, I can't hold it back. On my way to Vietnam, I said, God, if you will get me out of this, get me back home alive. But you said it beautiful, Paul. Get me back home to my family alive. Vietnam, LZ Siberia, farthest far base in the mountains. Ten months wounded, sent home. I didn't die. Did you believe? I'd never thank God for getting me home alive. Never thank God for keeping me from getting killed. And it haunted me. That haunted me more than anything in my whole life. That I lied to God. The God that, that kept me from being killed. Kept Pop from being Ernie, I can name you. Why was I any different than them guys that died? Because God had a plan for benefits. He had my life in His hand. He knew without a shadow of a doubt. He said, son, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. But one day, You'll see the light and come out of that darkness. I get I go to Portsmouth Naval Hospital, stayed a week. By chance, maybe it's a God thing. 
the girl that I wanted to marry was in school in Portsmouth at Suffolk. It went very far. Portsmouth and Suffolk went very far. The day that she came to that hospital, <coughs> most beautiful woman I ever looked at. I can see her now coming in there where I was at, coming down that aisle, that long hair. I get out of the hospital. I go to mom and daddy's and I'm staying there. I told daddy I had a 64 SS in power when I left. I told mom, I said, you sell that. I got home, I said, daddy, I, I got to have a car. He said, well, where do you want to go? Hollywood Chevrolet. I want a Chevelle SS. <laughs> <laughs> now here I'm just getting out of the hospital. Hey, thank God. And I'm already getting thinking about buying things for dinner. And I was like that a lot. Went to Hollywood Chevrolet in Hertford, and there it sat in the showroom. Had them big scrambler tires on the back and four in the floor. I said, that's the one right there. And you need to look no further. That's the one. Gold with a black vinyl top, big 400 engine sitting in there. I said, holy moly, this is me. <laughs> Man, I pulled my britches up and went and got in that thing. You know how much that car costs? $4,000. $4,000. Go buy one for $40,000. never even make them no more. But the, the thing that I'm trying to get to I was thinking about me. I, I was thinking about, I done forgot that girl that I loved so dearly. When I listen to this now, I got another little dumb move that I made. Her mom and dad had planned a big, big wedding for this child. An old country boy, Denny didn't want to get a big wedding. I was happy just being married. I told her, I said, one night, I don't know, hadn't been out of the hospital three or four days. I said, let's go get married. And that dummy said, yes. <laughs> we went to Elizabeth City to the marriage chapel and got married. Why I've done that, I, 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 and we're still married now. This has been 52 years that she's put up with me. And the last... 23 has been good because I gave my life to the Lord. Went and got married. Come back home. I had a new car, a new wife, and nowhere to put neither one. <laughs> nowhere. And I, I look back at that and I say, holy moly, what were you thinking? This up here won't work in right, Ben. I, I'm going to tell you. I should have waited and thought things out. Thought of her feelings. She wanted a big wedding. It wasn't just her mom and dad. But why she said yes, I, I don't know. But anyway, she did. I had to spend the rest of my time at Fayetteville. Had it made. For four months, I had it made. The captain's drive. I kept his Jeep shining. I didn't do nothing. After four months, 
came home. That's when it happened. We'd been home about four or five months. One of the guys that I had hung out with and drunk 25 gallons, no, 50,000 gallons, I reckon, you know, natural light with. I seen him, he said, why don't you come on and go with me one night? We're going over to EJ's. Beer going over in the evening. And I went. Come home about 11 o'clock. Drunk. She let that go. Like two times a week, I started doing it. After about a month and a half, she enlightened me one morning when I was getting ready to go to work. Didn't feel like going to work. You see, I ain't drinking. You don't feel like doing nothing. Right back to it, thinking about me. Nothing about the girl that I love having to stay home by herself while I'm out drinking and doing some other stuff. She told me, she said, and, and in the meantime, Mr. Jack, her daddy, he was a big time logger. He had an office in a single wide trailer right in front of their house. He'd give us that trailer. I couldn't throw her out of her daddy's trailer, if you know what I mean. <laughs> she told me, she said, if this is the way it's gonna be, I'm gonna have your clothes packed and to be sitting on the floor. I went to work that day, I said, you know, I'm doing some stupid stuff right now. Really stupid stuff. The woman that I've loved since high school, and here I'm treating her like trash. I went home that night, I told her, I said, Ronnie, that's it. I said, I, I ain't going out no more. I didn't quit drinking beer. Now I still drink natural life. But I did. If I went somewhere, she went with me. Well, we moved that trailer. We bought a piece of property. Moved that trailer up on that piece of property and, and we're going to build a house. So we're building a house and uh, the best thing that probably could have happened to Denny at that time, this was 1976, because of my She'd come, I was breaking a house right down the road. She come down there happy as man. She, I knew something was up. I didn't know what had happened, but she was just happy, happy, happy. <coughs> she said, we're going to have a baby. I said, holy mother. <laughs> <laughs> and found out it was going to be a little girl. I wanted a little boy. I look now, you're talking to somebody that hunted and fished and trapped his whole life. After I, Virginia, I hunted. I didn't have no word to do a whole lot of fishing, but I fished and hunted. My daddy did. And it, it, it was in my genes, and I still love to fish, but I don't hunt. I like to, like Pop said, I, I'm a dog man. I don't want to sit up a tree. I want to run until I can catch it. But when that little girl was born, my life changed. Rhonda was carrying the baby to church. And every now and then, if I wasn't looking dogs on Sunday morning, I'd go to church. In 1983, she told me we was going to have another baby. And this is a boy. A boy. That's what I was looking for. So I could teach him how to shoot a rifle, 
catch a fish and, and all them things. Well, he was born December the 30th of 83. I might have been 84, but 83, 84. <coughs> he got to be three years old, still thinking about old Diddy. I stood him on the front seat of that Ford pickup with them bib overalls, a pair of Carhartt bib overalls. And at that time, I went deer hunting. I was foxing and cat hunting. And he was with me everywhere I went. I carried that young man hunting so much. He didn't want to hunt. He got old enough, he didn't care about hunting. I said, boy, in the world. You've got to want to hunt. He said, Daddy, I don't want to go. I'd rather play baseball. I'd rather this or that. Then, I had went in business for myself, and we were making good money. Gosh knows we were breaking houses one behind another. And I was so unhappy, not with my wife or my children. I was so, there was something inside of me just tearing me apart. And, and in the meantime, something I forgot to tell you, I could feel the presence of God saying, did you remember what you promised me? Has anybody in here ever had that feeling? Hey, do you remember what you promised me? That when you get home, you're going to serve me? And look at you. The only one you're serving is yourself. I buy a new truck. A year, I want another truck. I want a different color truck. I want a new rifle. I want some more dogs. I want, I want, I want. I want. And kill it. My wife was, was taking both of the kids to church, and I started going to church. And we had an old retired pastor that came to the church, Mr. Tom Park. A good Christian man that they'd ever been with. And he could tell I was looking for something. He, he knew that I was searching. And my hearing and just went dead. And he said, he said, Denny, I, I need to talk to you. I'd go to the church and sit and explain to me salvation. And finally, have you ever sit on the back pew? I sit at the back pew at the door, so when he said amen, I could. But the way Mr. Tom explained it to me, it just made more sense. The younger preachers just, they couldn't get up, they couldn't get across. <clears throat> and I finally gave my life to the Lord in April of 2000. The best decision I ever made. I, I, I'm hoping everybody in here is saying, if you ain't it's the best move you can ever make in your life. Ain't no buck big enough to be as good as salvation. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you, ain't no trout big enough. I've caught some of all up. And going to church, I was sitting in the pew. And this probably stepped on some toes. I was sitting in that church and every Sunday, I Sunday school. 
at the meetings at night. They had me on ever committed they was. And I said, I told my wife, I said, what, do, what are we doing? I, I, I'm not growing. And, and as a, a Christian, don't we supposed to grow? And I felt the same place two years down the road as I was when I first gave my life to the Lord. Well, a lady at the church, Miss Gail White, she told me, she said, Benny, why don't you go on this Emmaus walk? I said, I said I've heard a lot of stuff about that, and I've heard them guys cry, and, and, it, and Denny didn't cry back then. Now, I'm going to tell you, Denny did not. Tears come out of this face. Miss Gail says, Denny, you're going to love it. I said, Miss Gail, you might better let me think about that. I prayed about it. I finally told her, I said, Miss Gail, I'm going. Let me tell you, has anybody in here besides Donald Dowd been on a Mayus weekend? Folks, let me tell you something. That lit me up. That set me on fire. And the thing that, that blows me away, Donald was teaming on that weekend. He ain't 95. Never forget it. I seen men get up with tears pouring out of their face, and I'm sitting there crying. I said, what is happening to me? I heard people say, let me tell you, I was a drug dealer. I was a, a wife beater. I was an adulterer, an alcoholic. I was a drug addict. I said, good God, how can these men do that? Get up in front of people and, and tell what I used to be. After that weekend, I told Rhonda, I said, there's more to serving the Lord than this right here. Something better. I started praying. Do not pray for God to send you some word if you're not willing to go to And right top. Don't pray it if you ain't going to be obedient. I was praying, Lord, words that you want me. One morning I was getting ready to go to work and it's just like I told my wife and she liked to flip back. It's just like God told me, he said, Jim, I want you to get in prison. In prison. prison. And talk to people about Jesus Christ. Most of them guys has got them long dreadlocks and black. Really like them guys. But I was going to take the. Oh, do you remember Jonah? He didn't want to go to Nineveh. Denny didn't want to go to prison. I wanted to. I was going to go, but I was going to go to the one in Columbia, medium custody, not bad. I could go there nine <laughs> miles away from home. Called down there and I knew the lady that was in charge. And she said, Then she said, You've got to be with the group. Just you and a couple more guys ain't coming. I mean, that, that's the policy. So I was the commander at our American Legion. And I haven't been for a good while. One of the old guys in there, I didn't even know he'd done prison ministry, Mr. Fred Irwin. Mr. Fred said, Denny, we're 
get ready to go have a weekend and uh, Bertie. So why don't you come to closing? Kairos. Has anybody ever heard of Kairos? Prison ministry? I said, I might do that. And I finally told him, I said, I'll go. I went to closing. I knew that's what I was supposed to do. I knew exactly where Jonah had to be in the middle of had to be in Berkeley. I seen the black guys look like they could squash your head like a prune with tears just like this. Man in prison don't cry like that in front of a bunch of people if something something's happening. So the next time that they had a Kairos weekend, I was there. Kairos, you have six weeks training. You got to go to six meetings. The do's and the don'ts. And, and they have talks just like they did in uh, Amaze. Same thing. Choices. Uh, opening the door. <clears throat> Discovery. Walking in God's grace, obstacles to God's grace. I've done all except about one of them. I've done obstacles to God's grace. And I'm telling you, if you've never, ever seen the Holy Spirit work, go on a Kairos weekend. I've seen, I seen men broke. Seen men that were starving for the, the Christ that I love. And I sit and cried with them. And the black guys that I didn't like, I hugged. And they hugged me and they loved me. A lot of people say, well, that ain't for me. Might not, might not be. Prison ministry may not be for nobody in here but me. But each one of us has a calling. That's right. Each one of us has got a calling. I don't know what it is. I know what possible. In Matthew chapter 28, when Jesus is getting ready to go to the Father, what did he say? Go. He said, make disciples. Make disciples. Each man in here draws one person to Christ it, next, this next year. How many people? That's the purpose of being uh, a Christian. We're disciples. I love to tell I can be in the mall. I can be in the mall. And my wife thinks I'm nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I can be out in the hallway in Greenville. And she comes out and I'm sitting there talking. And she said, you know, you know, I written a while ago. But God will give you a door to open. If that person wants to hear it, he don't want to hear it, he'll get up and leave. 
But you have that opportunity. Your friends, don't you have friends that don't know Jesus Christ? I do. I'm working on two right now from California that moved down the road. I stopped them at uh, one of the guys that I know that hunts. His dogs was out, and I picked up two of them and put them in his pen. And these two guys from California had bought a double-wide trailer right there. And they come out, and these cats had hair down here now. I looked at dudes, I said, y'all ain't from around here. <laughs> no, y'all ain't from this neighborhood. He said, no, he says, we're from California. I said, man, California. And he said, yeah, we, we was looking on the internet, and, and we like this. And I said, how you like it? They've been there maybe a month. I'd seen them, you know, in the yard, but I hadn't talked to them. And uh, I got to talking to two brothers, Bob and Frank. And uh, I got to talking to them, and Frank, he didn't have a whole lot to say about what I had to say. But I was talking to Bob, and I was talking about the prodigal son. And, and Bob looks at Frank and says, that's the prodigal son. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, I got to talking to him, and I, I said, do you ever, you ever read your Bible? He said, well, I read it occasionally. He said, that prodigal son you're talking about, is I said, yeah, that's in there. He said, you're a parable. And the next time I seen him, we've been hauling trout down there too. They love trout, and I don't love trout. So we've been, <laughs> we've been hauling them trout. Uh, and, but it gives me that opportunity to witness to them. So <clears throat> Christmas, I give that dude a new Bible. If he ever reads it, I don't know. But I've done what God called me to do. Just like going to that prison. I asked for it. He gave it to me. And I squirmed and wiggled trying to figure a way out. He won't look. You look at it this way. Did Jesus Christ, did he wiggle and squirm? His way out of going to that cross. Mercy. What more love is that? If you should really stop and think about it. He did not have to do that. He did not have to do that. <clears throat> Bunch of rednecks. He loves. And, and he loved me when I was acting like an idiot. Drinking and whatever. He loved me through that. He loved me when I lied to him. It's like the Holy Spirit. A lot of people say, well, the Holy Spirit, you get it when you get baptized. I beg your pardon. The Holy Spirit was all over Denny Biggs. Why would he bring up, what did you promise me, Denny Biggs? On that way to Vietnam. When you were scared. Have you ever been scared? And you begged God to help you out of a situation? Yes, we have. Each and every one of us. You go to the doctor and the doctor says, you got cancer, you got six months to live. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You can call on God whether you know him or not. That's the, that's the whole thing with God. 
Jesus is standing there when Peter walked on water. When he took his eyes off of Christ, he sank. What did Christ do? Same way he done me. Same way he done you. We need to thank him every night. Every night. What he done on the cross. Suffered and died. A horrible death for each one of us. And get out and, and tell somebody about Jesus. All they can do is walk away. Or tell you, I don't want to hear. I've had people say, uh, I don't want to hear that. Yeah. That's fine. Ain't no big deal. If you don't want to hear it, I ain't going to run you down. Jesus is there for you and he loves you. One day you'll realize that. I hope. <clears throat> I got a daughter that I love dearly. Her husband died two years ago from a heart attack at 47 years old. 47 years old. She blamed God for it. It's easier to talk to you than it is your family about Jesus' problem. She blames God for it. She says, well, Daddy, why did God take Andy and all these other people have heart attacks and they don't die? What, what do I say? It was meant to be. I said that one time. And she said, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. It can happen to us just as easy. I'm 73. I'm, I might die standing right here, but I know where I'm going. Do you know where you're going? I've asked people, if your heart stops right now, do you know where your soul's going? Well, I've been a pretty good guy. That don't cut the mustard, folks. <laughs> pretty good guys don't make it. I was a pretty good guy. When I was drinking beer, I was a pretty good guy. I've always been a likable guy. Loved to hunt, fish. And that was my God for a lot of years. Before I gave my life to the Lord, nobody couldn't tell me. I had to get out October. When that sun come up, I had to be out there after a deer somewhere. That was my, my God for a lot of years. And I can make fishing my God if I let it. But I don't. I don't. I love to catch a trout good as any man in here. But I don't put it before the Lord. Anything that you put before God, whether it be money, hunting, fishing, family, is a God to you. I'm... I gave my testimony at church one Sunday, and my whole family was there, sitting on the back row. And I told them this. I said, I love each one of you unconditionally, but I don't love you good as I do, Jesus.
I've done enough dumb stuff in my life. I'm going to serve the Lord. That's the reason you guys are here. Y'all could have been anywhere tonight. Could have been anywhere except here. And maybe one of you's going through something. We all have things that we go through in life. Uh, one day you can be on top of a mountain. The next day you can be flat on your face in the valley. And God picked you right back up. And strengthened you. This right here, I have four. Says I went on out of May this weekend. Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through Christ who strengthens I do, do not claim to be a great speaker. The first talk I ever made in Cairo, I was so scared, I didn't know what to do. And I had my little notepad all fixed up. I got up there. That's why I don't have notes now. If God don't Speak through me, and, and I'll use this for an example. I was, had to read scripture well, two or three weeks ago, and it come out of Exodus, where God is talking to Moses. And Moses says, I, I can't do that, God. I'm just paraphrasing this thing. He said, I, I'm, not, I'm not good at speaking. I, I, I'm, I, I'm not, I don't think you, you better get somebody else. And what did God tell him? God said, Son, said, I'll give you, I'll be your mouth and give you what you need to say. That's in Exodus. I think it's chapter 3 or 4. It goes a little different than that. But God, do you think Pop and his prayer team prayed over him? And then he prayed every day. Lord, would you get me out of the way? You speak what you want me to say. That's how you do it. If I get up here and say, well, <coughs> clear my throat and start talking, and I have not even talked to God about it, you're talking about a mess. You will get nothing out of it. Nothing out of it. It's got to be from God, guys. And, and each man in here, a lot of people say, well, and I was that way. I, I just can't do that. I, I, I can't do that. Yes, we can. We can't. But with God's help, we can. Uh, when, when you want to witness to somebody, let God take the lead on that thing. Don't, then it, it ain't gonna work if I try to do it on my own. It's just, you know, you got to put God, let him, let him have control. That's the, that's the key to the whole thing right there, guys. When you put God first, he'll take care of the rest. I'll guarantee. Just like he got me out of Vietnam. And now I thank him some days, I say, I say, 
I don't know how I did not just fall out on my knees and thank you that day. That day. overbearing and wanted stuff for me. That's all, all that's all that was. It was all about Diddy. It wasn't about nobody else. My my wife. But if you don't get anything else out of this tonight, find somebody to talk to about Christ. I'm telling you, if I've seen men in that prison, I've been doing it about twelve years. I've seen men in that prison fall in their face. Now, did everybody that came, the way Kairos is, we have 42 residents. We have seven tables. And a table leader, sister table leader, and a clergy, a preacher that sits with them. And you tell them, you know, when the speakers is up there, we're quiet. You listen to what the speakers have got to say. The first talk, is choices. The choices you made, brothers, is what got you in here. But if, if, if you don't do anything else, talk to somebody about Jesus Christ. What's it going to hurt? He's either going to want to hear it or he's not going to want to hear it. And I, and I I do thank y'all for inviting me to to come and, and share with y'all tonight. And I hope uh, I hope somebody got something out of it, you know. Get out and, and witness, be a witness, be a disciple. Go to the mall, sit in the mall and tell people about Jesus Christ. But anyway, I thank y'all. Thank you, Denny, um, for sharing your heart and what you had to say. And, and Denny's right. Um, you might not be called to prison ministry, but God does have a call on your life. If you're in him, he has called you to be his disciple and to make disciples. And you heard Mark Stevens yell out, go. Um, but... I've never been to the road to Emmaus, but I know the story of Emmaus. And one of the things that happened with the disciples there after they heard Jesus, they said, did our, not our hearts burn within us? And you might be in a place where Denny was at that time where you're sort of wondering, there's got to be more, or, or you're that place that, man, I, I just, man, I've been lukewarm, I just hadn't done, and, and my life's not where it should be. Um, all it takes is you to turn to Christ. Get in the word, let your heart to burn. Remember, I might be like Moses, I can't speak, I can't, don't know, but I'm going to trust you and I'm going to go. I'm going to take that step, that one step of faith. But Jesus was, only time it says he was amazed, he was amazed at unbelief and he was amazed at the faith of those who just said, I know you can do it. They didn't say, I know you can do it. I know you can do it. I've seen your authority and power. And we should know more than them. We have the word. We have the word of God, what he's done. And Denny, you're absolutely right. We need to share. We need to share and trust and ask beforehand and go. And share the good news that we have in Christ Jesus. 
with that family member, it usually is the hardest. People you know, the closest you are going to be the hardest ones to share with. But just trust God. Just trust Him, and He will give you everything you need to do that. Um, otherwise, we're going to be walking around in unbelief. And we don't want to be, that's not where we want to be. We don't want to be walking around unbelief, dishonoring God, saying, oh, I don't think you can do it. I don't think you can use me. I don't think you can do what you say you can do. That's dishonoring of him. Just say, yes, Lord. I'm weak. I don't know everything, but I'm just going to trust you. And I said, I need to hear that as much as anybody. So thank you, Denny, for sharing that. Thank you for the encouragement. Thank you for that. And just pray, Lord, what do you call me to? Is it prison? Is it the other side of the world? Is it my next door neighbor? You know, is it that relative? Is it whoever? And just say, yes, Lord, here I am. I'm going to go because I trust you'll go with me.